Welcome to the Intuitive Vibrance Podcast, a space where we go straight to the heart of what it means to embody the fullest, most authentic expression of yourself. I am your host, Fosia Morgan, and I'm here to support you in your path to self-discovery, transformation, and liberation, empowering you to unapologetically be your most intuitively vibrant self. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Intuitive Vibrance. So today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I was writing an Instagram post and realized that I had so many thoughts to share about something that kind of occurred to me yesterday. There were uh, so many twists and turns in the story, and I thought this is too much to put into a post. I should just do a podcast about this. Before we get started, I just want to make a disclaimer that I've had a little teeny bit of a head cold this week. So if I sound a little nasally or if my voice sounds a little off, that's why. I'm feeling totally fine. It's just uh, maybe a little allergies or something. So today is Thursday, and this week started off really rough, really rough. I had one of my worst days ever on Monday. I was crying. There was stuff that had come up and I'll probably talk about all that stuff on another podcast episode once I've sort of kind of integrated everything and moved through everything completely. Um, That's kind of how I do things. But anyway, suffice to say that Monday was really rough. I was crying basically almost nonstop for 24 hours. I just couldn't stop. I was doing energy work on myself, you know, really trying to move things through. But, you know, sometimes you're just in it and you have to be in it and you can't get around it. You have to go through it. You have to go through the door. You know, you have to climb the mountain. There's no way that you can get around it. So I was in it. And, you know, when you're in tough spots like that, there's a part of you that knows that it's going to be okay and that it's going to pass. There's another part that's just like dying a little bit and really suffering. And it feels so painful. And that was the place that I was in on Monday. So things started to lift on Tuesday. And by yesterday morning, I was feeling so much better and felt so relieved. So yesterday after work, I had a hair appointment and then I decided to go shopping afterwards. I decided to go to Ala Moana Shopping Center and just treat myself a little bit. I hadn't been shopping in ages, like months, and it's not because of COVID. I think it was for a few reasons, and of course, I really started to think about why have I not been shopping in so long? Because I definitely used to frequent the mall a lot more often, and it wasn't anything overly indulgent, but I liked to shop, and I think it was for a few reasons. First of all, My best friend moved off island in June when I was still in Costa Rica, and we used to go to the mall together. We wouldn't always buy stuff, but, you know, I'd get a matcha latte, she'd get a coffee, and we would just, like, walk around the mall and take in all the sights. So I don't have my shopping buddy anymore, and also I've been really busy with my practice, and I haven't had a lot of time to go shopping. But I think that it's something even bigger than that because 
the, of course there's online shopping, right? Like I used to frequent anthropology.com and always kind of like look at the sales and um, order stuff online. And I loved getting packages in the mail. It was like, you know, such a treat and I would really look forward to it. But I haven't done this stuff in months. Fashion has always been an, an outlet, an avenue for my creative self-expression since I was a kid. I remember for my seventh birthday, I really wanted this bright neon pink fleece reversible dress. I mean, I couldn't picture something more 80s. So when I was seven, it was 1983. So yeah, it was the deep 80s. And it was this like neon pink. Again, it was fleece. So it was like really fuzzy fleece on the inside, like sweatshirt material, and then smooth on the outside. But you can, it was reversible. And then it had lavender stitching like um, on the raw edges. And I wore it with a belt. I mean, you can't get more 80s than this. And I remember seeing it in a catalog, maybe in Spiegel. Do you guys remember Spiegel catalog? I mean, that was a long time ago. That was the early 80s. But we used to get this catalog in the mail. And I remember um, going through it. And that's what I really wanted for my seventh birthday. So for my seventh birthday, I'm pretty sure I got that dress. And I got a Schwinn 10-speed bicycle. It was um, metallic blue. And I, I have pictures. I It looks huge next to me because I was so tiny. And then I got a bright yellow Walkman for a cassette tape. So anyway, there's this picture of me where I'm like in my pink dress and I've got my belt on and I got my hair like up in a ponytail or something. And I'm next to my bike and I have my, my Walkman. And I mean, it was so quintessential Fosia and everything about it just speaks to this creative self-expression that's always been really important to me and not just important to me sort of intellectually, it's just in me. And, um, that is a big, a very big overriding energy in my human design chart. I have channel one eight. It's the channel of inspiration. It goes from the G, the identity center, which is really the seat of the soul to the throat. And this is my one, my only defined conscious channel. It's the only one that I have defined on the personality side. So what that means is that it's an energy that is very, um, I'm very aware of it. And it's a very strong energy in my chart. It's something that I really project out into the world. And I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just my mechanics. So it's the channel of inspiration. And really people with this energy are here to be creative role models. And we're here to be inspiring. And again, we're not trying to be. It's just through our energetics. And understanding this about myself when I started to experiment with human design and when I found out about my design, it just made so much sense. It was so validating for me and it made me feel a lot more grounded in who I am because creative self-expression has always been huge for me and fashion and clothes has been a big part of that. Now, as I got older and after I had, especially after I had Felix, I got pretty sick. My thyroid really went haywire and I developed Epstein-Barr syndrome. I became hypothyroid. I had chronic fatigue. 
I had I had had chronic fatigue for several years before having kids, but going through pregnancy and childbirth, especially as a projector and especially as a no motors projector, meaning that I don't have any I don't have any inherent energy or anything that's moving energy in my chart. So I'm technically, energetically, not really designed to have children. I don't have that defined sacral center. I have no motors. That being said, was I meant to be a mother? Absolutely. Was I meant to have kids? Yes. Like my children were meant to come to me and I was meant to be in my children's lives. I very much believe that. And I very much believe that my ex-husband, Ben, and I came together to create this family. And I think that it has been and continues to be so healing for both of us. And there's so much more to say about that, which I will definitely be sharing in another podcast. I really want to talk about how human design has influenced our parenting and really helped our parenting and all of that. But after I had Felix, especially, I got pretty sick and I wasn't myself. I had really crazy brain fog. I couldn't think properly. I couldn't really feel myself. I couldn't feel my own self. I couldn't feel my own vibration. I I just wasn't myself for, for many years, actually. And when I started to come out of it, it was right around the time I turned 40 or 41. So I think it was also having to do with my North Node activation, with my Uranus opposition, And I started to feel better. And that's also after I had been diagnosed with Epstein-Barr and had started to treat it. So I think that all of that, the timing of those things really coincided. So I'm going to be 45 next month. And so I really started to feel like myself again, probably like four years ago is when it really started. And as I started to come out of the chronic fatigue, as I started to feel that cloud, that fog lift... I started to find myself again and discover myself. And I remember one of the biggest things that I rediscovered was my love of fashion and of clothes. When I was going through the worst of my Epstein-Barr and being sick with my thyroid after Felix, my self-worth really plummeted. And I didn't feel that I was worthy of looking good, of taking the time to to feel beautiful. It was really strange. It was a really strange time. I just, I felt very confused. And so after all this started to lift and I started to feel myself again, and I had the energy to take a shower and to do my hair and to put on makeup and do my nails and wear cute clothes. And I know that this may sound superficial, but if you've gone through anything similar I think that you'll understand, you know, sometimes we can be having a bad day even and putting on a cute outfit or putting on a little makeup or doing something to make ourselves feel beautiful. And I don't mean look beautiful. I mean, feel beautiful or to feel powerful or to feel strong, whatever it is, even if it's doing a little workout, it can go really far in helping us break out of a pattern, whether that pattern has been in place for months or years, or even if it's just, you know, having a bad day, like I did earlier this week. When I was in my marriage, you know, and I talked about this in the first episode, there were parts of me that felt very unfulfilled. But at the time, I didn't really understand. I didn't even know. I didn't, I didn't have awareness around it. 
And I'm not saying that me wanting to shop and wear cute clothes and all of that stuff was entirely there to fill a void. But I do think that part of it was that I was looking for an avenue, an outlet for creative self-expression. I was looking for excitement. I was looking for something to inspire me, right? The channel 18, it's the channel of inspiration. And at the time, I didn't really have the awareness around what it what it was that I truly needed. And so what I've realized is that in the last couple of years, as I have really started to find myself and I went through my Uranus opposition and left my marriage and have been rebuilding myself and rebuilding my life, I've also slowly been moving towards a truly, deeply fulfilling life and finding the things that really inspire me and really light me up. And those are things that are coming from within. And this is something that I have recently made a big leap in, I would say. And I have been able to find this inspiration and this creative self-expression through my writing, now through this podcast, through the work that I do, really stepping into doing more of the work that I love to do, which is human design and subconscious work and um, intuitive channeling. That's the stuff that really, really deeply fulfills me and is another avenue for creative self-expression. I've also been in a relationship since March that is a very creative, expansive relationship. I mean, the, the possibilities of creativity and creation and um, spiritual expansion within this relationship really feels limitless. And my partner is very, he's very creative. And so just having this energy of creativity in the relationship and being surrounded by that, that's also really fulfilling. And it's something that was really lacking and missing in my life. And I remember um, Alika, my, my boyfriend, he and I were standing in my kitchen several months ago And it turned into this two hour long conversation in which he helped me realize that I was really searching for a creative outlet and that I really needed one. And that's when I started to do more writing and to really start to own this creative side of me where I'm able to tap into my creativity that comes from within. And I think that being able to go through this deconditioning process that discovering and experimenting with my human design has really allowed me to do this. And then also doing site K subconscious reprogramming, shedding all of the things that are not me that don't serve me that um, were really different hats that I was wearing because I thought that I was supposed to be a certain way. And instead building up my self-worth discovering my self-worth, discovering my power, standing strong in my power, being really okay with who I truly am, embracing all parts of myself, just allowing myself to be fully me. And I'm still discovering little different parts of me. And it's such a beautiful process and it can be painful. I will tell you that sometimes, like on Monday, I think that was part of what was going on. 
is that I needed to reclaim a part of myself that I had lost along the way. And it was a very, very deep part of me. And so I think the deeper, the deeper the part, the deeper you have to dig and the more painful it is because it's just so deep. And I feel things very strongly, very, very strongly. So it, it felt really intense to me. But the more that I allow myself to be fully me, just to be Fosia and to love and accept and to celebrate all parts of myself, the more I can see myself and feel myself. It's really not, it's, it's a feeling. It's this feeling in my bones and my cells I really feel who I am and that creative expression can flow out of me without roadblocks. And I think that that's what's been happening. So that's why I haven't even wanted to shop. It hasn't even occurred to me because I feel so fulfilled. It's like I was, again, expressing myself through clothing through this outer appearance. And it's not because I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. In fact, I was really trying to express and communicate who I am, who I feel like. But I needed to do that through these external expressions because I still couldn't fully feel that on the inside. I hope that that makes sense. And so now I could go out wearing sweatpants and a ragged old t-shirt and still really feel like the fullest expression of myself. Something else that I find so fascinating to consider in all of this is the idea that major transit cycles like Saturn return, Uranus opposition, which is what I went through a couple of years ago, and I'm still kind of in the last part of that, and then also Chiron return, which happens around the age of 50, these play a major role in bringing in new energies for us. So for example, my south node is in gate 27, the nurturer in human design. In astrology, my south node is in Taurus. That's all about the home. It's about being the nurturer and having uh, material wealth. It's about material wealth and security and stability and comforts. And that's beautiful and it's wonderful. And, and I get to take that with me into the rest of my life. But with this north node activation that I've experienced with my north node being in Scorpio, which is really the opposite of Taurus. It's about letting go of material things. It's about diving into the occult, diving into the unknown. It's diving into the mystical, into the things that we can't see. It makes so much sense that with this switch of energy, it's really an energy. It's not even just a concept, but it's a change, a, a total shift in energy for me in my life. And that's why I've had so much upheaval in the last few years. It makes sense that what used to fulfill me, you know, cooking, creating recipes, my recipe blog, being a nutritionist, also nurturing people through facials. Sure, I still love that. It's such a beautiful thing to be able to share that with people, but that's not what is as fulfilling to me now. What's fulfilling to me now is diving deep into the subconscious. I mean, that's what Scorpio is all about. And I have five placements of Scorpio in the 12th house, which is the house of the subconscious. So I literally can't go deep enough. I mean, that is what's fulfilling to me. So it makes so much sense that what I used to find fulfilling, what I used to have 
flowing through me as this creative self-expression, the energy behind that was the nurturer. It was my, my Taurus South node. And that has changed. That has shifted into this energy of my Scorpio North node and gate 28 in human design, the gate of the game player, you know, playing the game of life. It's very different. So it makes sense that what is going to come through me as creative self-expression is going to be a much different flavor. And this ties back to why that creative self-expression that I used to experience through clothing and fashion has taken a back burner. And it's not that I don't love clothes. I still do. I have a well-curated closet, you know, so I'm, I'm still expressing myself in that way, but it's not the focus. And you get to take your South Node gifts with you when your North Node becomes activated. So I'm taking all of that Taurus goodness. I'm taking all of that nurturer goodness with me. But now the focus is just different. You know, there's nothing more fulfilling to me than diving so deep into subconscious work, into the souls of the people in my life and vice versa. That's what feels so inspiring to me. That's what really creates this flow of energy and inspiration through me, coming from me and, you know, coming out into the world to be, to be shared. So maybe you can relate to this idea of going from being really deeply entrenched in, in a certain kind of energy in your life. And then at a certain point, things really shifted for you. You might be wondering why, like, why am I not into that anymore? You know, you could consider that it could have been a big shift of, of energy for you, um, through these major transit cycles. It's just a very interesting and fascinating concept, I think. And again, this is why things like human design and astrology are so immensely helpful because it provides a framework to understand things in our lives that sometimes can feel very confusing. The other epiphany that I had from my little shopping excursion to anthropology yesterday is that I have done so much work through Site K, through subconscious reprogramming around money. This is a big one for me. This is one that took me probably a year and a half to even touch. I did not want to touch the money stuff when I started doing subconscious reprogramming. I had so much shame around my financial history, around my habits with money and spending around my relationship with money and debt. And it took me a long time to even be able to talk about it. But once I was able to start talking about it and to start shifting my, my limiting self-beliefs around money and to transform that shame, things started to lift a little bit. And then I was able to do a lot of subconscious reprogramming around my financial habits around feeling responsible with money, feeling like a responsible adult, um, my capacity to hold wealth, to build my wealth, just also in terms of self-worth that I am worthy and deserving of having a successful business, that I am worthy of having financial freedom, that I deserve to make all of the money that I need and that I want, 
all of these things that I'm talking about, I didn't hold at the subconscious level that I was worthy and deserving of all of this. I didn't believe that I that I was responsible with money. I didn't trust myself with my money. I didn't trust that I would spend money and manage money in a responsible way. And this is all stuff that I've worked on recently. And again, when we're talking about these limiting self-beliefs, I have to remind myself and you that it's not our fault. You know, this is programming and patterning that we learned as children. And also that it's the karma that we bring into this life from other lifetimes. And when I say that this stuff comes from childhood, you know, obviously the implication there is that it was habits and patterns that were learned from our parents or the people that we were surrounded by as young children. And it's nobody's fault. I want to reiterate that it's nobody's fault. You know, I'm going to be talking a lot about childhood wounds and the inner child and in other episodes. And I only have my experience with my family of origin. That's That was my experience. So that's what I'm going to be talking about. But I don't talk about that stuff with any blame. Um, I'm not blaming anybody. Everyone was doing the best that they could. My parents did the very best that they could with what they had, with the information that they had, with the patterning and the belief systems that they had. So, you know, again, this is just part of the human experience. This is just part of being human. So, you know, I learned a lot of these things um, from the environment that I grew up in, and I carried them into my adult life. I was never really taught how to manage money properly and responsibly. So I've had to really work on that as an adult. And when we're talking about subconscious work and we're talking about Psyche, there's the limiting self-beliefs, the negative patterning that we want to clear out. We also talk about capacity. What is our capacity to receive and to hold love, self-worth, financial freedom, wealth, all of these things that we want, you know, there's this idea that we also need to build our capacity. If you're wanting to make a lot of money, if you're wanting to bring a lot of wealth into your life and financial freedom, but you don't have the capacity to hold that, when you start making money and you start making more money than you ever have before, you are not going to be able to hold on to it. You're going to spend that money as quickly as you make it. Think about that for a minute. If you're wanting to bring in a beautiful relationship, you want a really loving, loving, beautiful relationship, but you don't have the capacity within to hold that, you're going to sabotage it. You're going to push it away. You're going to find reasons why that person's not good enough. The relationship's not what you want. It's not what you need, even if really it is. Do you see what I'm saying? So capacity is a huge part of what we work on with Psyche, k with subconscious reprogramming. So I've done all of this work around increasing my capacity to hold wealth, to, to hold space for financial freedom within myself. And in doing so, I've been making more money than ever through my work, through my practice, But guess what? I haven't been spending it because I have increased my capacity to hold on to it because I feel worthy of it. So if I feel worthy of it, I'm going to keep it. 
I'm going to hold on to it. I'm not going to spend it on stuff that I don't need. My capacity to make money, to know that I'm deserving of it and worthy of it, and my capacity to actually hold on to it have increased exponentially so that when it comes in, it gets to stay. I get to keep it and I get to use it for exactly what I want to use it for in a way that is responsible, that feels really good to me. So when I went shopping yesterday, I also noticed that first of all, I wasn't scouring the sale racks thinking I only deserve to buy things that are totally marked down. I said to myself, I'm going to go in and I'm going to shop and have a great time because I mean, I love anthropology. I love the dressing rooms. And there was this woman there named Verna and Verna, if you ever fall upon this podcast and you're listening, I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, you really made my day yesterday. She was like my spirit guide yesterday. She came in, she like, she found me, um, in the petite section and she was like, hi, she was like, are you looking for something particular today? Is there anything I can help you with? And I said, yeah, I'm looking for jeans and, you know, maybe some like long sleeve things. And she's like, great. What's your size? I'm going to help you. And she did for an hour and a half. She was so on it, bringing me all these things. And it was so much fun. And in the past, I would have really only focused on the sale rack. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I did. I got some really great things from the sale rack. But I also was like, you know what? If I find something that I really like that feels really good to me, that I know I'm going to be able to wear a lot, um, that's full price, I'm worth it. I can buy that and I can feel good about it. And that's the difference between now and before. Before that, yeah, I would, I would, I would buy something at the full price and I could afford it, but I would not always feel good about it. I would have this uneasiness underneath, you know, this anxiety that like, oh, I spent too much money. And like, do I really deserve that? And not even being totally aware of all of the emotions that were, that were surrounding the situation or surrounding the purchase. But yesterday I bought five really nice pieces of clothing. I love every single piece of clothing that I bought. I spent more money than I usually do. And I felt amazing about it amazing. So good. It felt so good because I now trust myself to spend my money responsibly. And so I did it and it was great. And not only do I feel fine about it, I actually feel really great about it. So, you know, like I say, life is an experiment. These opportunities come up in life, these situations that get to show us, you know, people are a mirror for us, but also life situations are a mirror for us to be able to, to see ourselves in a situation, through a situation, to look at the things that are coming into our lives. And then we get to see like, oh, this is what's going on with me at a subconscious level. And yesterday I really got a peak, a beautiful peak inside of my subconscious a beautiful peek into the growth that I have worked so hard for and that I have achieved. And I'm saying this to you with my eyes closed and I'm really feeling it in my body right now. And I feel really proud of myself. So 
that is my story um, about my little shopping excursion to anthropology. And I wanted to share it because I think that there's nothing like these real life experiences to help us understand how the subconscious works. You know, I know that money is a very taboo subject. There's so much shame around money. People don't like talking about it. You know, there's also, I think, this belief, especially in the wellness field, that money is not good, that it's bad to to want to make a lot of money, and not just in the wellness field, but really in, in a lot of different fields. And so I think that a lot of us, we really hold ourselves back, whether we know it or not. And if you listen to my first episode of Intuitive Vibrance, um, I mentioned that one of the reasons why I needed to leave my marriage and why the universe was pushing me out of my marriage, my soul was pushing me out, was to be able to find financial freedom. And that's something that I have been working on. And that's something that I'm really starting to experience. And and it truly is liberating. It's such a freeing feeling, especially for me, you know, really never feeling like I was in control of my finances. It seemed like I was from the outside, but I never felt that I was. And so to be able to experience this and to have the tools to transform it, and it's very, it's actually very simple. You know, I mean, the site case system, it's very straightforward. It's quite easy and effective. Yes, you have to know what your underlying limiting self-beliefs are, but I'm that's my specialty. I've, I've gotten really good at that for myself and for my clients. And so once we tap into that, I mean, the possibilities are endless. The things that you can shift and reprogram, and then you get to watch it play out in your life. And what I've really been able to integrate and internalize is that I deserve to make all the money that I want and I need. I mean, I'm a single mom. I'm living in one of the most expensive cities in the world. I have two young children and I want financial freedom. I want security and stability for myself and for my children. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's our birthright to to have wealth, to have abundance, to feel secure, to feel safe in the world and and money is part of that. Having enough money to feel safe and secure is a big part of that. And then we get to decide how we want to spend our money, what we want to do with it. And there's so much good that we can do with it for ourselves and for others. Really, the possibilities are endless. There's, it's limitless. You know, the possibilities in life, in this life are limitless. So I'll leave you with this question today. What is it that you are looking for outside of yourself to fill a part of you that you've lost touch with, that feels like is missing, that feels so important to connect with? And how can you start to shed the layers that are getting in the way of that expression, getting in the way of you being able to express that part of you from within Because that's only going to open up doors for you. That's going to bring you closer to your own divinity, which we all have within. So I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. It was really kind of a stream of consciousness kind of thing for me. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode and you'd like to share it with your friends and your family, please do. 
always feel free to reach out to me as well if you have any questions or if you need support. And please rate and review my podcast if you have a couple of minutes. It really helps other people to find my podcast and it helps me to continue to share my mission and my big, deep feeling heart with the world. I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode of Intuitive Vibrance. And until then, I am sending you so much love.